0: From west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Wall podcast. Connecting with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to episode 236 of the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast podcast. I am your host and Diz Historian Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, executive producer, and good friend Craig Williams. Well, Craig, we are back. Yes, it has been a while. Welcome it has, back. It has been a journey. We were we were off air because we were at the D twenty three Expo. And then and then I brought back a very unwanted souvenir. From the D23 Expo, and that was COVID, and that took me a couple of weeks to bounce back from, and then, um, and then of course the Hurricane Ian hit you, and so how did you fare through that? Uh, we were. Did you very see Miss Gulch outside <laughs> your window? Uh,
1: no, thank goodness. So I, I actually, uh, I, I tried to plan it as smart as I, I could in terms of like sleeping through the most intense parts of the hurricane. Uh, I I learned after the last one that came through that you know, it's when it when it comes close to you it starts sounding really violent in terms of the wind and my windows aren't that great so it uh kind of amplifies the noise and sounds like the door is going to to bust in and so i stayed up the wind it got to its worst the worst of the weather i stayed up very very late until i was at like near exhaustion and then just fell asleep through the entire thing and so, uh, it was scary leading up to it, and it was scary after I woke up too, because I could still hear, you know, some of the, the aftermath of it. But, uh, it's, it, it, overall, it is something that I, I consider myself very fortunate, uh, that we didn't have any issues with it. Um, it's just, you know, minor, minor flooding in our yard and, uh, you know little little water through windows and stuff nothing nothing major didn't lose power uh, a lot of people you know had their lives completely torn apart and ruined because of this oh hurricane so i i literally cannot complain about any of it because there are so many people who are in such a worse place and it's it, it's terrible it, it it's why i will never ever ever move out of central Florida in terms of in terms of if I have to live in Florida I'm never I can't live within like I can't live within 20 miles of the coast I just don't I don't trust it it's it's way too scary with stuff like hurricanes
0: yeah And my granddaughter lives on the Atlantic seaboard and um they got hit even by it, which really surprised me. And, you know, lives in Florida and they lost their power for two days. And that really surprised me because by the time Ian hit them, it was down to a category one. And, um, but so they still saw some effects, but just the devastation and the loss of life is just heartbreaking. So of course, you know, we here at the Diz, um, you know, our hearts are just, you know, you're in our hearts and in our thoughts and our prayers that um you bounce back from this and are made whole again as much as possible if you were affected by this. And then, of course, it moved up the coast, and then there was Fiona, and um so just a lot of tragedy all up and down, you know, the eastern seaboard there.
1: Yeah. Now, it was... It- so much of florida was impacted by it i mean south florida saw it the worst but it just it was such a large storm that so many people were were impacted by it and uh it's hopefully hopefully knock on wood we don't have anything that bad again for for a long time and you know it's it Central Florida, I feel like we've been on a streak for a while where we've kind of been safe because, um, you know, Miami's got hit hard. The panhandle has gone through way too much as well, too. But that's it's much like your earthquakes and wildfires. There's uh, we, we have hurricanes and the tornadoes that come from them, too. And it's just they, there are some bad things about in these places that we love to travel yeah. to.
0: Well, you know, and wherever you live, there there is something, there's some risk of a natural disaster, no matter where you live in the world or in the country here. So, um but I've never been through an earthquake. I'm uh, sorry, uh, I've been through many earthquakes. I've never been through a hurricane of that intensity. I was through one once when I was visiting relatives in Orlando when I was a teenager, but it was fairly mild. It was just like intense rain like rain like i've never seen before but um you know it wasn't more than a day or two really wasn't bad and um but i have no concept of what you all went through at all so but we hope now that that we can with whatever you're doing we're here we hope we can bring a little enjoyment back for you and maybe take you out of what you're dealing with right now and get your thoughts in, into some fun stuff and into some Disney things. And what we're going to talk about in our next two episodes is the D23 Expo for 2022. That was held at the Anaheim Convention Center. Boy, doesn't that seem like It seems like months ago, but it was only a few weeks ago. I mean, it's Um, getting close to being a month at this point. Yeah, but it seems so long ago, um, because so much has happened since then. But it was from Friday, September 9th through the 11th, and Craig and I are going to share the highlights of the panels we attended and our thoughts on the expo and some of the exhibits and the... D23 exclusive Oogie Boogie Bash. Boy, do I have thoughts on that. And uh, over the next couple of episodes, we'll be sharing all that information with you. So I hope you enjoy it. But Friday, September 9th, of course, that always starts out with the Disney Legends Award. And Craig, I think we both attended this one. Oh, we did, yes. And so, so we can, I'll run through just some of the highlights and, and, you know, jump in with what your thoughts are, you know, at any time here. But the intro was a film with Mickey Mouse and Bob Chapek in front of the convention center with the hundred years of Disney, um, and Mickey Mouse big statue that was there in front. And th- I think I'm being generous when I said there was a smattering of applause. When he, um, appeared on stage. Yeah. Unfortunately, there were some boos, which was unfortunate. I, I was disappointed that Disney fans did that. I mean, I'm, i granted Bob Chapek is, is not really popular in the Disney community. He's a, he's not my favorite, but I think we need to show some class and, and applaud because we don't want to give him any reason to not like D23 and yeah. not like the Expo. Because he could, with a stroke of a pen, say it's over. Because it's not bringing in enough money or something. And booing does not help the fans' cause.
1: Michael, you hit the nail on the head there with that. <laughs> it it makes no sense. And the one thing I will say, uh I've you know i've been on stages before not and i'm not talking about just with disney stuff i've been lucky enough to be like side stage at uh at concerts and do other little things on stages and there were people applauding him uh not not super loudly the boos that you heard in my opinion like the ones i heard it was coming from a person that was like right behind me So when he's standing there up on stage, I honestly doubt he even heard it uh, for the most part. I like maybe, maybe he heard some, he probably, if anything heard that the applause was light. uh, But I, I doubt it really, it really resonated with him that some people were booing and, and that, you know, the crowd wasn't fully in support. And he also isn't dumb. He knows, he knows his position, but that's one thing that I have to give him credit for too, is that he knows that he's hated by fans and that they despise him, but he doesn't let that impact him. He just keeps, keeps going with it and keeps trying to, to do good things for the company. And you know what? He, he could have, I, I, he could have not shown up at D 23 expo uh-huh. altogether. I think You're that right. would have been a terrible look on his part and that he, he had to, but, um, you know, it's, I, the criticism keeps getting worse and worse as I, as time goes on with him. Like, I, I'm not, I, I think some Disney fans are hooked on hating him so much now that they also have lost context. Cause like, I, I'm not trying to insult any, any listeners or anything, but there was a couple I talked to in Epcot that saying like, well, I can't believe he didn't show up for Epcot's 40th anniversary. And I, had to kind of set the record straight with him like i i would never expect him to i i don't even know if i'd expect josh tomorrow to show up because like with in talking about big big moments epcot's 40th anniversary wasn't necessarily a huge celebration whereas when toy story land opened in walt disney world bob Iger was ceo and he didn't show up he didn't come to that, even though that was a big celebration of an entire land that was opening for the first time. Bob Iger didn't show up to our Star Wars Galaxy's Edge grand opening. It was it was Bob Chapek in Josh DeMarro's role that showed up to both of them. So uh, it's I, I think I think there's been such a steady stream lately of we have to hate everything that he's doing and every downfall and realizing that. it's not just stuff he's doing there. It's he is following a trend in terms of appearances that, that that Bob Iger had done the same thing before. And the decisions right now that are being made in the parks that piss so many people off are coming from Josh tomorrow. And that just has to be accepted.
0: That's what I have shared with people. I said this, you know, people have put Josh tomorrow on a pedestal and I'm thinking, you know, he's making these decisions. He's a part of these decisions. And he's sort of gotten off scot-free, because I think he's more personable, more charming, more dashing, and um, good-looking, which goes far. Yeah. And I-, I think that's how he's gotten away with it.
1: It's, I mean, that was one of the things we always <laughs> learned in public speaking classes. Uh, you can really get ahead if you are charming, if you're personable, if you have that look, if you hold yourself high, you know, you can, at that point, you can be a snake oil salesman and mm-hmm. you can still get far. All you have to do is know how to walk in and charm a room. And I, a lot of that's happening. So I, I didn't mean to take that tangent there with it, but it's, it's just like, I thought, I thought that a lot of the, Let's just give Bob crap nonstop. Would have ended after D23 Expo and moved on, but it's still going on. And it's like, it, it's got to come to a head at some point. You know, if he does something royally terrible to screw up the company in the long run or screw up the parks, and we know it's on him, then sure, let's go back to jumping on him. But right now, If you're upset about things that are going wrong in the parks, start directing your anger towards the person who is currently running the parks. Mm -hmm. Yes, JPEG might be signing off on it in his position, but it's still going through Josh Tomorrow, and he's the one having the most impact on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. So then there was a nice little film um, where it was an intro by Walt. And the uh, and they had some post D twenty three Expo clips of fans and it was all played to the um, music. This is the greatest show. And then they had um, the Disney on Broadway performers from The Lion King, and the, they had the genie from Aladdin. They sang "Friend Like Me" with uh, with Aladdin and Jasmine. Can you feel the love tonight? And and then and they did a mashup of "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" with a um, whole new world. And then Elsa and Anna came out and sang "Let It Go" with the and the whole cast joined in on that. I thought it was a really, really good opening. I agree. N- number. Yeah. So and, and and that's when Bob Chapek came out in, in in person, and that's when we heard the applause and the boos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, he said he was thrilled to be with the biggest Disney fans in the world, and it will be worth the wait for the biggest Expo ever. Well, I'm sure we'll share our thoughts on whether we thought this was the biggest expo ever. Um, it's the celebration of the Disney Company's 100th anniversary, and he said no company has had such an impact on the culture or generations of families, and, and that is so true. I've I've shared this like with um, Diane Disney Miller and Ron Miller, where at least for it's definitely for my generation, but generations going forward, can you imagine childhood? Without Walt Disney and the Disney Company, what would childhood have been like with all of that missing? I,
2: I will never be able to imagine
0: that. You can't fathom it <laughs> at yep. all. So, so he said the goal now is to um, re- revolutionize entertainment like Walt did a hundred years ago. That made me nervous. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um And that's, then he made the first big announcement. And I, I think this was maybe to get on everybody's good side. I don't know. Disney California's adventure, adventures Campus is expanding into the multiverse. And he didn't say what it was because they were leaving that for another panel to get into, but he said, but that, people got really excited about that. He said the company must be bold and daring in the next 100 years. So, um, so then, so what, so what did you think of that? Craig His his opening remarks.
1: I, I thought they were fine. I, I thought it was very smart to tease out the Avengers portion, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of amped up the excitement and, uh, <laughs> that's that's about all I'll, I'll say with it i thought i thought the opening speech was delightfully awkward bob Chapek, <laughs> it
0: was way. And it really was <laughs> it was not
1: longer than it needed to be it wasn't way shorter it you know it, it's legends we're all there
0: for the legends it's just mm-hmm. you got to get that stuff out of the way mm-hmm. yeah we have to have an opening for the whole expo so that's That's what that was. And then he said in 2023, there's new content to celebrate. It's going to start with Dick Clark's Rock and Roll New Year's Eve with um, Ryan Seacrest. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember if he said what it was going to be. He just said it was going to start with that.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, makes sense because technically uh, that – goes beyond i mean maybe they could start it on the 31st but it runs past midnight so yeah. once once midnight hits it technically is the 100th anniversary so maybe they'll change the abc logo
0: <laughs> Who knows? yeah it's a platinum <laughs> yeah. I, I, I i'm ca- i think it's going to be a dick clark audio animatronic um, <laughs> or worry, what they do the the little hologram things
1: now with it oh with that's right thing. i don't want to see that <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, uh, and then he announced that all D twenty three Gold members will receive a, a replica of that Mickey Mouse statue in front of the um, convention hall, and then um, and then also a pin of um, uh, of that that shows that Mickey Mouse uh, statue was given out to everybody who was in attendance at the Legends ceremony. So it's a cute pin. So, yeah. I, so I said, hey,
1: when are we getting our Amazon Alexa things? From Destination I asked D? about.
0: <laughs> I asked about that. Actually, they said they had a few setbacks, but um, it will be coming out sometime in 2023. I think personally, they're waiting to introduce it into the parks,
2: into hey, yeah, the resorts,
0: which, and then sense. it'll come out. So, <laughs> would have liked an update on that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forget who I asked, but I asked. I think I went to the. um I had to go to guest services for some reason. And I, uh, and so I asked that question there. So then, uh, anyway, so dis then they said, um, Disney, um, hundred years of wonder. They, they had a little sizzle reel of the Disney, um, company and all of the companies that it purchased. And then, uh, and then, but what was nice is much of it was narrated by Walt. And featured Walt. So I think, you know, there was concern after, especially after the July 17th anniversary of Disneyland, where for the first time they did not showcase Walt. There was a, there were rumors flying around that, um, there was going to be, it was going to be less Walt centric, the company, and that they were going to pull Walt's name out of Walt Disney World and stuff. I think. They made it pretty clear in the expo. Walt is a big part of this celebration. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, Walt and Roy, it's gonna be really focused on them. So I, I don't think we have to worry about that. So um yeah. yeah. I you
1: know, I was I was one of those ones who definitely you know, I was saying eliminating Walt like from Walt Disney World's name and such that while it was possible it seemed unlikely but I you could definitely there is enough pointing that it might seem like they're trying to step away more from from Walt just in a, a general sense of you know the inclus inclusivity Nature now, I'm making up words and phrases here. Uh, just how much Disney is focused on inclusion and stuff. You know, there's, there's obviously, there's not all, all perfect parts of Walt Disney Company's history. And, um, even though we've learned on this show uh, and, you know kind of gotten more knowledge on it uh, that a lot of the rumors about Walt aren't necessarily true and mm-hmm. have no grounding on them uh, it's still it's one of those things where if the public believes it then then they have to look at that uh, more drastically but yeah the that they're not shying away from it that's a very positive a very positive sign that yeah, they're agree. not going to yeah. abandon that history and um and, uh, i know i Uh, very happy about that.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then what they had coming out were characters from all their different films came out from star Wars, the animated films, Marvel, Pixar. Uh, They they introduced several past Disney legends who were in the audience in the global Disney ambassadors, the first Disneyland and Walt Disney world ambassadors were in the audience. So it was, it was crowded, crowded Mm -hmm. stage. Up there with all those characters, it was a lot of fun to see them all together. Then, then it was time for the Disney Legends um, ceremony, and this is where the host Tamron Hall took over. Apparently, she's a TV host and journalist. I do not know her gig, so um, I have never seen her before today. Uh, so, yeah,
1: um, I'll be honest, that was my first time too. I know she hosts a, a talk show, but I don't mm-hmm. watch. Talk show, so, I don't know. Oh,
0: uh, over my head, but uh, a great host. She, she seemed very nice. Yeah. So she said that this, this award is um, bestowed to an individual making a significant contribution to the Disney legacy. And that led me to having, as we talked before, not sure if all these people have had the opportunity yet. To make a significant contribution to the Disney legacy. A couple seem to go out of their way to uh, mention, we've only been doing this a few years, mm-hmm. but we'll get to them. So um, then she describes the um, legacy statue. Uh, the the Disney Legends Award statue. Of course, the spiral stands for imagination, the power of an idea. The hand holds the gifts of skill, discipline, and craftsmanship. And the wand and the star represent magic, the spark that is ignited when imagination and skill combine to create a new dream. And then, and some of these folks, Craig, you may have to really... Give more background. The interesting thing is they didn't give a lot of background on them. They ran these, um, little film snippets of them and you really had to be familiar with them to fully know who they were because they didn't give a lot of background. Tamara Hall didn't give a lot of background on them. She would give, um, adjectives, you know, about them, little phrases that Really could have been given to anybody, but, um, anyway, at least that's what I felt mm-hmm. in it. Uh, anyway, so the first one was Ellen Pompeo for television and Grey's Anatomy. I, I have never watched Grey's Anatomy. I think Carol might have. Um, anyway, she said the power of storytelling is powerful. I thought that was just very deep, didn't you? <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I don't even I, remember that phrase from it. Anymore. I wrote it down in quotes.
1: <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, uh, I, that definitely could be a Craig Williams quote right there.
0: So I do appreciate it. <laughs> that is, she went on. That is the magic of storytelling. It makes us all connected and gets us to think about one another. And That's basically what she said. I felt okay. She she did not have anything prepared, but um. Anyway, or she did, and she just got caught up in the moment. Yeah, I, it's you know? that's a
1: it's a tough one. I mean, <laughs> she has. I mean, she's been on Grey's Anatomy since the beginning, and is such an important part of it. And that show is huge for ABC. So mm-hmm. it's where it's where you kind of wish that. You know, they'd have to do a lot of backtracking, but you wish there'd be such a thing as like the Disney Legends Award, the ABC Legends Award.
0: I agree.
1: And if they broke it down like that, then it's absolutely no doubt. Yes, you, you are meant for that. And uh, granted, ABC and her time with that has had a massive impact on Disney in terms of the television landscape. But, uh, it just, yeah, I, I'm not going to insult anyone for getting the award it's whoever decides who gets the award Mm -hmm. should be
0: insulted Uh, (laughs) but i'm going to remember that the power of the the power of storytelling is powerful i I like that's 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 memorable that's deep stuff there anyway the nice thing is bob chapik remained on stage and he posed um with the legends in there so they took um photos yeah then there was Robert Coltrane. This is one that I was very enthusiastic about from, from Imagineering. Um, he was a master storyteller and <laughs> his first thing, so he walked up and he said, who, you're all thinking, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> and, um, he said, when Walt assembled the Imagineers to create Disneyland, there were no credits listing names of those who created the attractions. So he thanked all of the Bobs—Bob Weiss, of course, of Imagineering, um, Bob Iger, and Bob Chapek—and all the non-Bobs, because um, he said Imagineering is collaborative. It is um, the—it takes many people to create an attraction. And he gave a shout out to several um, people, including his sister, and he dedicated this to all the incredible. And invisible Imagineers. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed him. He looked like, he looked like he would be fun just to hang out with. Oh yeah.
1: Very much so. Uh, very, very entertaining. Yeah. So, it was good. Yeah.
0: And then next was Kevin Dempsey for film and television. He's known for his philanthropy and acting. His first encounter with Disney was a Disney movie of the week, The Fighting Choice. And he said he's been acting for 37 years. The most important thing is to give service. And he used his platform to open a cancer treatment center to honor his mother, who battled ovarian cancer. And in Enchanted... He said everyone is looking for their special someone, and he found it with his um, wife and three children. And he said that the essence of Disney is family and family values. I I thought his was very sincere and very heartfelt.
1: Oh, it it was. um, If I remember correctly, uh, Patrick Dempsey teared up while he was up oh, on stage. I, oh, I too. said it was Kevin Dempsey. It's Patrick Dempsey, oh, right? <laughs> I didn't even hear you say that. Um Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I completely didn't even hear you say that. But no, I, I I like he was he was very, very emotional on stage. I mean there was there was a couple that were were emotional, but I, I feel like Patrick Dempsey poured his heart out while he was up there. And again, while he's he's one of those people like I know once disenchanted comes out, that's it even solidifies him more in the Disney realm even more, but, uh, he, uh, you could tell it meant something to him. And mm-hmm. so whether or not he deserves it, at least you could tell that he was truly honored and honored to be there. And it really, really loves what he does for a living. Absolutely.
0: So that, and, and, yeah. and he clearly dyed his hair to be in disenchanted. Uh, they I was sa- quite surprised. He has white hair. <laughs>
1: not for Disenchanted. That's actually, there's an upcoming movie that's about a uh, Ferrari where he's playing a race car driver.
0: Oh, right so is his hair dyed for that?
1: Yes. That's why had, it's white? Yeah, I had to look it up because ah. I was like, oh my gosh. It's all this time Patrick Dempsey has been like a, a silver fox and <laughs> he just dyes his hair for everything that he does. And then couple people are like no i'm pretty sure that he dyed his hair and so i looked it up and yeah he 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 dyed it for an upcoming movie uh for that's about ferrari so i'll go see Mm -hmm. that sounds interesting
0: (laughs) it does it does sound interesting so okay the next was doris hardoon from imagineering she worked on epcot world showcase shanghai design i mean her credentials went on and on she was um Grateful to Disney and the fans around the world that she's had the privilege to create for. She, um, she said 43 years ago in September, she interviewed with Marty Scalar, John Hench, and Rolly Crump, and she didn't know who they were, but they hired her on the spot. Oh, uh, she said when she was chosen for the Shanghai Disneyland project, Bob Iger said it was to be, uh, and we all remember this, authentically Disney. And distinctly, um, Chinese. And that set the goal for doing the impossible with vision, blood, sweat, tears for the fans. And, and she really emphasized that throughout her speech that everything was for the fans. And she said she felt like a Disney princess at that moment. So again, someone that I really appreciated getting this, yep. um, honor so so then then there's um then there was anthony anderson uh he's they said um he's t- and uh some of the she threw out a buzzword like multi-talented and uh, something that i can't read that i wrote since the <laughs> writing this in the dark it starts with a g um anyway but um he said growing up in compton california uh he said Disney was always a part of his life and helped him to be an entertainer, and that this is an honor. He said Disney inspires us to dream big, and if our dreams don't scare us, we aren't dreaming big enough. Which, I thought that was a really interesting, interesting thing to say. There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, yeah, and
1: I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of what impact he's had on disney there there's no doubt that uh you know his his role in blackish and in the shows that have come after and what he's done with disney it's while while it might be considered premature i don't think this is just like a one and done for him with what he did uh i think i think disney is going to lean heavily on anthony anderson for years and years to come so, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I actually thought that his, his speech was pretty inspiring and mm-hmm. that it, again, uh, like Patrick Dempsey, I felt like it actually meant a lot to him. And that, that kind of took me back by surprise. I thought he might just get up there and joke around. And, uh, you know, it's, a, he's a comedian. Of course, there's still, there's going to be some levity to it. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed seen him and he had a lot of family there too it was a big celebration
0: yeah yeah i agree and th- didn't he take a selfie he was the first one to take a selfie with yes
1: yes that, yeah. that absolutely happened <laughs>
0: yeah and the next one to t- take a selfie was his is his co-star who was the disney legend tracy ellis ross for television uh she was described as the queen of empowerment now, i never watched um blackish so so I I don't know um this show. But she said she was so so excited to be a part of the magic and wonder for 8 years on Blackish. She really emphasized a couple of times she's been doing this gig for 8 years. <laughs> and um she sees her character as a joyful black woman who embodies being a mother and professional. Some of the clips they showed really looked good. I actually thought Thought, hey, I might want to watch this show, um, and she said Space Mountain is her favorite attraction. Yeah, which so.
1: yeah, I it, at least she was able to pick a favorite one. That made me yeah. happy. Where <laughs> instead of getting a, a, every attraction's my favorite one, no, at yeah. least at least she had a favorite one.
0: <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So. The next is Robert Price Foster or Bob Foster for administration. This is another person I really definitely thought deserved it. He um, was the one that led the land purchases for Walt Disney World. There would be no Walt Disney World without Bob Foster. Um, it was accepted by his daughter, Deb Swinson. And you tend, to, as she said, something that is, I think every parent can identify with this statement. You tend to not appreciate your parents when they do something extraordinary. Um, he became a hero in her eyes in 1961 when she was six. And he took her and six other girls to Disneyland by himself. And they got to the front of the lines by um, by her father showing his card. <laughs> and then a yeah. few weeks later, he began negotiating the purchase of 27,000 acres with 100 landowners. Um to purchase the land. And in the earlier episodes of connecting with Walt, if you haven't listened to those, we went over, went over that feat. And, um, he was 97 and he passed away one week after learning he would be a Disney legend. And he was very honored uh,
1: by uh, that. And she did a wonderful job. Uh, this did. was, this was probably in my top three, uh, favorite, uh, acceptance speeches that were given that day. Uh, she, it, she just, it, she nailed why her, her father was so important and really, really stood up there and like, didn't lecture in a lesson like that, but just really was able to showcase why her dad was so important to not just the company, to, but to her too. So it was, mm-hmm. it was really special being there. It that. was.
0: It was, I mean, it, it sort of brought a tear to your eye, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you know, her, her talk. So the next was Chris Montan for music. Um, he says that Disney music really matters. He said, you know, ask yourself, what are your favorite Paramount songs? Yeah, I thought, yeah that's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> um, but he said, but you, everybody knows what are their five favorite Disney songs. He said it all started with Walt. And he has tried to replicate that success. He said, We do this for the Disney fans, and I hope you are, you all keep singing along. So I enjoyed his speech too. I thought yeah. it was good.
1: And I mean, truly, truly a Disney legend, uh, because mm-hmm. his, his hands were on everything during the Renaissance and after. And I actually, it was one of those situations where I, did, uh, seeing his name on the list ahead of time, it was like, yeah, I can tell why he's important. I, as soon as I saw him there, it, it dawned on me that he was a part of the uh, the Frozen panel that was in 2015, where they did the celebration of of the songs from the movie, and I got to hear stuff from him in that one. So then, it like it, it all it all clicked. But I mean, gosh, yeah this this guy is. As great as the composers are, like Alan Menken and Howard Ashman before him, Elton John, Tim Rice, those people are all in positions with him there, too, guiding the way and guiding the songs. And so uh, a a true, true Disney legend.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Next is Jonathan Groff for Film and Voice. He started acting um, in his parents' barn as a child. He said, as a young gay boy in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, Disney VHS tapes were his uh, escape and source of creativity. He said, uh, Disney was his complete life as a kid. And voicing Kristoff was a dream come true. He thanked his mom for fanning his creativity and chris burke and jennifer lee again he was very emotional mm-hmm. in in accepting this award uh, yes it was very moving his talk
1: yeah it's his uh, i mean there was a lot of speeches that mentioned how important disney was to them growing up but i honestly believe that (laughs) pretty much of everyone up there that his his story and how disney you know was such a factor in his life it it, he was probably the most genuine with it uh it was it was extremely touching and i believe Mm -hmm. he teared up in it too
0: Um, he did and i felt he really exposed himself you know i mean his heart and his soul in his talk you know there was no um you know i i'm a performer and this you know and he was performing i mean he was very genuine yeah oh and almost as if
1: like he was saying like i'm not sure why i deserve this but yeah it is very important to me and i don't i i don't take it lightly so it was Mm -hmm. it was very a very touching moment
0: yeah yeah i agree Then, well, of course, we had the, uh, we had all kinds of folks from Frozen. Next comes Kristen Bell for Film and Voice. She apologized to every parent who has had to listen to Frozen on a loop. (laughs) That was (laughs) cute. Um, she said when she was seven, she dressed up as Bob Iger. Uh, She was inspired by her co-stars She said Disney taught her to dream big And playing uh, Princess Anna has been the highlight of her life Besides her kids And she said this award is the one thing she won't have to purchase at the theme park She was just funny throughout her whole speech yeah, she, and she's, uh, she is
1: very hilarious. I love mm-hmm. when she's in, uh, a good comedy movie. Uh, I, I absolutely adore Kristen Bell. And I, if I remember correctly, she, she might have been the first to open up the Bob Iger floodgate where then, like, Bob Iger kept getting mentioned, but Bob Chapek standing right there beside it all. And it just was very uncomfortable. But I think mm-hmm. it started with her. It might have started with Anthony Anderson. Um, but yeah, there was a, there was a stretch there where they kept thanking Bob Iger. It's like, Oh, like, I know you have to, because he's part of it. Uh, part of why you're, you're so important, but Bob Chapek is right there. And they, well, they yeah, mentioned but, him too, but,
0: but frozen was cr- created in frozen Two under the Bob Iger. Regime, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So. Then came out Josh Gad film and voice. And, He was hilarious. He was inspired, he said he's inspired by Robin Williams belting out Aladdin. He said, I love you Disney fans. Um, and, um, let's see, he, uh, he, um, now he's going to, um, he, he said that, you know, oh gosh, he said that, um, they, he refers to himself as the Angela Lansbury of this generation and that this has confirmed it and, uh, and that he has peaked at 41. <laughs> he will now use Disney legend as his prefix. And he did that throughout. He was always saying Disney legend, Josh Gad. Um, he said he is, he is um, honored to share this with his idol, Bob Williams. And, um, and also to the interviewer at Walt Disney World who rejected him as a Jungle Cruise skipper. So when he was 18. So he said, please update my resume now to Disney legend Josh Gatt. This is only a small part of yeah. his speech. You, you so. couldn't
1: write fast enough to no. <laughs> to, to do that. Uh, I, I'm sure someone posted it online. I, I know the ceremony was live streamed, but Disney hit all of that afterwards. I'm not sure if someone uh, uploaded a version that they recorded while it was happening, but uh, if, if you can search out his speech, that's the one to search
0: out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was very good. So, And then out came Idina Menzel for film and voice. She said, it's hard being a 12-year-old animated character and a 51-year-old sexy goddess in real life. <laughs> her grandfather would take her to Disney films, and then she would act them out and sing the songs, when she got home. And so she said, this is a dream come true, but it happens with others. And then she sang When You Wish Upon a Star, which yeah. was wonderful. Yep, And... You know, she's 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 done quite a bit for Disney, so oh, and I'm sure, sure we'll continue to do so. Yeah. Then the one I was really looking forward to, <laughs> Don Hahn, um, for animation and film, Oscar winner storyteller, he could not attend the ceremony, and and you and you knew this was last minute because yeah. there was nobody there to accept it. And he posted on his Facebook page later in the day, he had tested positive for COVID in the hotel room. Uh,
1: that's what I assumed. That's I, what I had assumed. I, I didn't, I, I don't, honestly, I, I don't believe I follow his Facebook page. Uh, but I, it was one of those things where I I said as soon as the ceremony was, happened, I was like, I bet he had COVID in mm-hmm. because that's that's the only only way that it would keep someone from showing up because he lives in california it's not like it's not like it's a huge stretch to get there
0: yeah and yeah he tested twice to make sure and mm. so he posted on facebook he was honored and sorry that he couldn't be there to share the moment yeah you know and all that i was too because he would have had a great speech and boy did he deserve yeah. that legend award Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, in, in terms of people in the movie industry and such that have been deserving for years and haven't gotten it yet, it's it was like him and Tom Hanks. <laughs> and you have to still sit there and scratch your head on how most of these people are Disney legends now, but Tom Hanks isn't.
0: But. Yeah, yeah, Well. Yeah. He'll get there. Maybe maybe um, the the Pinocchio remake on Disney Plus will push him over the I edge don't, for I that. I don't
1: think so, Michael. I think that just <laughs> hurt his chances for a couple more years.
0: I heard that he said in an interview that he feels he only made four good films, but he wouldn't name them. So I thought, okay, The Burbs, uh, Pinocchio, uh, let's see... Um, Joe and the Volcano. or What was that movie? Joe versus the Volcano. Versus the Volcano. Yeah, that's probably one. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, hey,
2: I will
1: disagree with you on the burps. I enjoyed that one. <laughs> Joe, I'm not as big of a fan on. Uh, Bachelor Party.
0: I'm sure that's Bachelor Party. That was the other one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, another great classic uh, film.
1: In my opinion, I'd switch out Joe versus the Volcano and add the Polar Express on
0: because I hate that movie. Oh, but gosh. That's just me.
2: Yeah.
0: That's one that they could remake now that, um, CG has, you know, improved so much. I think
1: Bob Zemeckis just needs to take a break.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> as long as he doesn't remake Christmas Carol. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The final one was Chadwick Boseman for film. And so his brother, Derek, uh, Derek Bozeman accepted the award for him. He said when he heard the news um, of the award, the first word he thought of was honor and he looked it up and he, and it said that honor was a name and Since he was a preacher, he turned to scriptures and what honor meant there and He thought of how Chadwick um, honored his parents, his family, his contracts. And how he worked so hard physically while doing um his his scenes at the, and and chemo you know at the same time and again, his speech was um a a very emotional yeah. you know speech it definitely very came powerful. from the heart
1: yeah. so. and not a it wasn't an easy speech to give um not that uh, Robert Price Foster's daughter had to also, you know, she also gave a, a hard speech, um, but losing her father at 97. It's also mm-hmm. a, a long, a long life that he lived a very happy life. And obviously, uh, Chadwick Boseman's life was cut short because of the cancer that he had. Mm-hmm. And the family, you could tell that they're still dealing with it. Um, very, very heavily on their hearts, and it was, it was just tragic, and it, it was. I, I thought, I thought it was a powerful speech, and I, I do believe that Chadwick Boseman deserves it. the The one thing I'll say though is, like, in terms of Disney, it, it, it's like solely just in terms of his filmography, it, it's just. His role in the Avengers and his Black Panther, um, but I, I almost feel like it even goes beyond that. It's it's that he didn't make a lot of movies in his day, but the ones he did were just fantastic. From oh, I agree. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom to mm-hmm. Forty Two, uh, Marshall in there, like it, he was electric and everything he did not even just marvel so i i look at it as yes it's a disney legend award because also black panther that will even though there's a new black panther in the upcoming movie he will always be the black panther and he will always have, inspire little kids out there and be that that superhero that you know, that they look like and, and resonate in such a bigger way. So he is he's important for so many reasons. And regardless of whether it's a Disney Legends Award or something from the Academy Awards, I think he's so deserving because he left mm-hmm. such a big imprint in such a short amount of time.
0: I agree with you. Absolutely. And then the, the ceremony wind it up, wound up with the cast of Encanto performing, of course, which song do you think? We don't talk about Bruno. I actually it's forgot the, about that. <laughs> it's the new Let It Go. <laughs> it, it's just not, though.
1: It did not... I, I, I Maybe I'm just the type of person I am, but I felt like The Room wasn't even very excited for it. But that was just me. At least where I was sitting. Everyone was just kind of like, oh, okay. They could have just ended it. <laughs>
0: It was such a big production. There were a couple times they did big stage productions. And I thought, okay, these are elaborate enough that they're going to tell us. And if you like that, you can see it over at the full production stage production. We're introducing it in January 2023. Over at Disney California Adventure when we reopen the Hyperion Theater. But nope. We didn't get any announcements about that. But I am ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Because what came next was actually I, um, I, I did not get into this, uh, this, So, Craig, you're going to have to take the lead on it a bit. And that was the studio showcase day one. Celebrate the magic of Disney and Pixar. Now, I know it did start out. You saw the new logo for the um, 100th anniversary of the Disney castle. So it's platinum.
1: Yeah, uh, a very, you know, we got the full, uh, sting that they, they always do it before the two, um, or however many studio showcases they need to do where it, you know, it's the big, elaborate, let's show every important clip from all the movies. And then it, yeah, it ended with the When You Wish Upon a Star and that, that new look for the 100th anniversary. Did that, did you watch Hocus Pocus 2 yet? And was it on that? Mhm.
0: Did they I, so they did I'm they use the to,
1: Newcastle for it? I think they
0: did. I know it's on Pinocchio, but oh, I've not watched it, but I know that I think that was the first thing it was introduced on. I must have Pinocchio. not been
1: paying attention. I only watched the first 30 minutes of Pinocchio, but I don't remember it from that or you know, I want to say I watched Pinocchio. No, I watched Pinocchio on Thursday night, so it I regardless, it doesn't matter. Um it's a it's a great logo for the 100th oh, you know anniversary.
0: What? Hocus Pocus 2 had a unique logo. Okay. It was the castle looking very scary.
1: Okay. Then I, I assume it probably wasn't on Pinocchio then, and it, it probably will just debut with everything started in 2023, hmm. which that would, that would make sense. But, okay. uh, yeah, it's... Um, it, it, it's stunning. They did such a good job, and Matterhorn's in the background, and there's just these slight little Disney touches that, that are all throughout the land. Uh, looks looks absolutely excellent. I I will admit I teared up seeing it. I always I I when there's a good one of those, uh, good one of those openings, it it will give me chills in the theater. Mm-hmm. Like I still remember seeing the Jungle Book one for the first time and being blown away with how they opened that up and, uh, you know, really, really going crazy with that. But this one, it was just like seeing it for the first time. Is like, wow, this is a hundred years. That is a big milestone. It is. So, it is
0: huge. Yeah, yeah
1: it, it was good. We watched it twice in this one. They did. They did that. Where it's like, that was the exciting thing. Like you, you liked how that looked. Let's watch it again.
0: <laughs> was well, it just to kill time? Was it,
1: well, considering everything ran over, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like always, but this one wasn't even bad on running over. The, the next day's big presentation was next level in terms of running over. I think this, uh, the, the Walt Disney Studios one only ran over by like 30 minutes or 40 minutes. So not, not too bad in the grand scheme okay. of things.
0: Well, I know Sean Bailey, the president of Walt Disney Studios, um Motion Picture Productions. She was the host mm-hmm. for this. Yes. He, sorry. And um and anyway, and so I guess he started out by int- well, he started out by introducing um Hocus Pocus 2. Yes,
1: uh, where of course none of the celebrities were there. <laughs> that people would want to see. So, uh, but we did get, you know, it's, it's out now to watch. But as of that point mm-hmm. in time, we got the, the final trailer for it and a closer look at it. And this, I, I was not excited about Hocus Pocus 2, honestly, until we watched the, the new trailer for it that came out. That had me like, okay, mm-hmm. it's, I, I think there's enough here that I might actually enjoy it. When I finally sit down and watch it. So, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was disappointing after the last expo when Bette Midler got Disney Legend status, thinking like, okay, well, she wasn't here for that, but maybe she'll be here for Hocus Pocus too. But no, she, she still didn't show up and neither did, did they. Kathy Nijimmy or Sarah Jessica.
0: Did they do a video or anything like that? Where they,
1: uh, you know, did they record anything?
0: Yes, they, I,
1: Yeah, they did record a video. They did the, they did one of the videos where they said, we're so sorry. We can't be there for it. But, uh, it's the way they handled the, the two studios, um, the panels this year was wild. Um, in past years, not counting 2019, but any, any year before that, it was strictly, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to record. Um, a lot of the, the big stuff that's happening. And, and they, that, that was specifically in like 2015 and 2017. They were strict about it. In 2019, for the Disney Plus panel, you could take, um, you, you could take photos in there, I remember. And I think, I think you were allowed some video, but the, the, the other panel with Marvel and Lucasfilm and and such, you weren't, in Disney movies, you weren't allowed anything in there. The bag, your phones were still in a bag. Uh, for mm-hmm. both of the movie ones this year, it was, you're allowed to take photos and videos any point in time that you want through the entire thing, except wow. when they go to start showing a video. And at that point, it, they said, if the lights dim, put everything away. So, unfortunately, well... <laughs> Well, I, I have a good memory, solid memory of all of like the celebrities that were out there for the different parts. Then in terms of what we saw, it was like it all kind of faded away and it's hard to be mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just it. Yeah, you, you forget how easy it is to remember stuff when you have a picture in front of you to 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 flush out your memory. But they they did um they did send a video saying, yeah, we're sorry we can't be there, but we hope you enjoy Hocus Pocus, too.
0: Okay. The next step was uh, the sequel to Enchanted, finally, that everybody's been excited about. And that's premiering on Disney Plus on Friday, November 24th. So th- did they have any of the stars for this oh. um, film?
1: Yep. They they had all of the stars. So, of course, Patrick Dempsey and... Uh, Adina Menzel were already there for their, their legend ceremony. So that, that was very convenient. They were there for it. Um, they had, uh, the entire cast was there, just to, to put it bluntly. Um, James Marsden was also there, but the, and Yvette Nicole Brown is joining the cast this time around. Um, and then they kind of like, they all came out at first and that was the, you know it was like oh it's great to see all of them but where's amy adams at like she's she's the star of the movie and uh they did this funny little bit where uh the the villain in this movie yeah I I it, it's more complicated than that because obviously she does Amy Adams becomes a bit disenchanted in all of this but uh Maya Rudolph from Saturday Night Live and so many movies and TV shows uh she she plays a big crux in it but uh they're kind of the two big stars in this one so they did this whole bit where they were late to get on the stage because they were just at Disneyland so uh they came out just like covered in all disney park stuff like amy adams was wearing her her disneyland sweatshirt and carrying a bubble wand and wearing mini ears and having a mickey hand and a lollipop and maya rudolph was the same she was holding a cheap lightsaber and popcorn bucket and wearing uh like maleficent ears and so this, this was a fun little bit so the whole cast was able to come out on stage oh, that's and great. Uh, before, of course, then they showed an early, early look at some of the movie with the trailer. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I think I think fans of Enchanted are going to be very, very uh, pleased with what's to come from this I, movie.
0: I was worried about this because I thought I love Enchanted and I listened to the soundtrack pretty often and I thought, oh, no, are they going to ruin it? Cause sometimes it's hard to capture that magic again. And I watched the trailer and I thought, okay, this looks good. So I'm, I'm excited for this. You know what it reminds me of? There was a TV series and I don't know where it was. And it was where these people stumble into this land that is like where where everybody breaks into song and all that. It's like they've walked into a movie musical. I don't know if you ever saw that or even know what I'm talking about. But I don't know. It was on a year or two ago. And I don't remember what it was called, but um, this it reminds me of that. Wait, so um, a little was uh, it on? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I never watched it. I just remember seeing ads for it.
1: Are you talking about Schmigadoon?
0: <gasps> yeah, that's it. Okay,
1: yeah. Oh, you absolutely have to watch it. If you have Apple TV, oh. it's it's. I great. do. Yeah, it's it's a it's a take, obviously on um, on Brigadoon. And, mm-hmm. But just uh, very goofy. So yeah, watch it so, sometime.
0: Okay. But I don't know. I got that vibe from one section of the trailer. Yeah. Where it I looks actually, like things get a little out of control. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. It, there definitely
1: could be, could be that aspect to it.
0: Okay. All righty. Then, then what I don't know a whole lot about. And I've only seen like the, teaser reel teaser trailer for it and that's peter pan and wendy
1: yeah that's basically what we got to um it was uh it, it, there wasn't there just wasn't really a lot <laughs> with this one um you know they they rolled out they rolled out the cast with it so we had the the stars of the movie peter um wendy tiger lily is going to have a, a more important role in this movie than than other versions of it and jude law was there too who's playing captain hook but uh they i, I feel like they didn't really go super in depth in this one and I, I i'll be honest i don't i don't care for the look of this movie at all mm-hmm. um it's, uh, it's I'm not trying to just you know poo-poo on anything coming straight to Disney Plus, but this one has a lot of signs, especially after Pinocchio, that it might be better off just going straight to Disney Plus. But I'll, I think I'll watch it with is. an open mind. It is going it, straight it,
0: to it, Disney Plus. Yeah, it is, but it looks yeah. like
1: it. Not, and I'm not trying to disparage it, but there's they are now in a place where they have to make the hard decision between what goes to streaming directly in what goes to the theaters and this one looks like if it went to theaters it would be a financial cost to them even with having the name Peter Pan in it which should be instantly worth a certain amount but it I, I don't I don't care for the look
0: of it I'm, I'm just starting to feel these remakes are just cash grabs yes at this point and this one feels and, like that too yeah and um okay is this a remake of a classic Peter Pan, or is this a continuation of the story? No, it's it's
1: a different,
0: it's a different telling of it. Kind of. Oh no, I hate those. Oh, okay. So Hook is misunderstood in this, isn't he? No,
2: actually-
1: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get that as the perspective of it. Um, it it didn't seem like they're going. They're they're not going the the um. They're not going the route of it with, um, uh, you know, the, the villain was actually a good guy all along. They're, they're not doing that, but it's, um, I think they're just going for a more, I don't want to say like, it, it felt like they're going for more of like a, a, like a youth style movie kind of, Oh, mm-hmm. not like Hunger Games necessarily, because that's obviously <laughs> that's very specific. <laughs> but I kind of got that, you know, those kind of movies that came out for a while all had that young adult feel to them. And I kind of got that from this, that, you know, the, the kids are going to have a lot more, um, a lot more depth to them than they've had in previous version. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, they're yeah. supposed to be kids. I'm not sure how much can be going on in their, okay. in their lives, but I, yeah, it's. I, I feel like I don't have a
0: good grip on this movie at all. Well, we will see. Now, one that I'm really interested in to see if it's better than the previous, and that's Haunted Mansion. What What was uh, your takeaway with what happened here?
1: Uh, fantastic. Uh, I will tell you, we we did get to see an. Ex- we got to see one of the uh, extended clips that kind of rolled into a trailer and was was that kind of style that they do uh from time to time and oh yes it is going to be a comedy uh no no which way around that which i'm kind of disappointed in because you did the comedy version once why are we we going back to that again but uh it feels like there's definitely a different eye towards the comedy this time around um I, you know, it's it's got uh, Lakeith Stanfield in it. Uh, Owen Wilson is a big part in it. Um, the the big surprise was that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be playing Madame Leota. Well, and- right. I
0: I figured something was going to chase her through the uh, through the haunted mansion with an axe or a knife because that's her that's her <laughs> thing. <laughs> Don't they call yeah. her the Scream Queen or something? Yeah. She is the,
1: uh, the scream queen for, you know, she was kind of the first, uh, I don't want to say damsel in distress, but yeah, from, from the original Halloween movie. And that kind of spawned other people who were, were it been put in that same role over the years. It's spawned an
0: industry.
1: (laughs) It it has. It really has. Um, but, I mean, the cast is just stacked. Uh, you know, also, besides who I mentioned, Rosario Dawson, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Danny DeVito, uh, they announced that Jared Leto was going to be the Hatbox ghost in it. Um, there's, we saw a bunch of little cameos in the, the trailer that we saw, like, um, uh, Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek was hmm. popped up in it. So, um, the, the only thing I'm not, I'm not all there on the story because it's, uh, it's another one of the, it's, it feels just slightly too similar, but still different, um, from the, the last Haunted Mansion, the 2003 Haunted Mansion, you know, of course they're going there because they they want to sell that house. Um, and this one, they buy the house and there's weird things happening in there. So, uh, they, that's where they contact the the priest and the paranormal experts and have to try to get them in to, to fix everything that's going wrong in there. And Mm. that's where it's going to get goofy. So I I think, I think it could be pretty good to be quite honest what what I saw. I was pleasantly surprised with as long as it doesn't go into slapstick, because that's where the last one
0: went wrong. Does Eddie Murphy make a cameo? No. (laughs) Oh, thank okay. goodness <laughs> no. so he's not there, like handing over the deed. nope, nope, so, we oh, don't. We okay. don't have that problem at all. thank goodness, oh, okay uh, I'm gonna have to rewatch. I haven't watched the original haunted well, that haunted mansion in years, so I'm gonna have to rewatch that. I keep saying oh. every Halloween i will just just go I do the ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done that <laughs> okay uh next on this one i didn't I knew nothing about. Until I, I read about it here. And that's Mufasa, the Lion King. It's a prequel to the Lion King. Yep. Uh that's
1: not much really to say about it beyond that. You know, we saw we saw the trailer for it and uh it's going to be Mufasa's story of how he came to be uh the important lion that he is, um, from not being in that line of importance, and the entire story is being told from uh, Timon and Pumbaa. So you know we're getting some of the characters back that we know and love from Lion King, but really, uh, really, you know, going going back to Mufasa's roots with it. So I, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of um, of John Favreau's Lion King. I know not everyone was, but I it's probably just that. I, I think it's probably just that The Lion King is so important to me as a movie that I enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't know if this one needs to be made. But when your last one makes a billion dollars, it's kind of also hard not to do it. <laughs> so... Yes, it's
0: other cash grabs. Speaking of cash grabs, we're to the last two that are remakes of live action films that have sparked some controversy. The first one is Snow White, so the reimagining of Walt's first live, first um, feature film, animated film. So, what can you tell us? What did they do for this one?
1: Uh, this one, they only brought out Gal Gadot and uh, Rachel Zegler, and Gal Gadot will be playing the queen. And if you don't know who Gal Gadot is, she's Wonder Woman. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think
0: she'll be a good. Wonder Woman. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, she is a good Wonder Woman. I think she'll be a good evil stepmother.
1: Yep, and I I completely agree with that. And Rachel Zegler, of course, who was basically just an online <laughs> social media influencer who then got in West Side Story and is now able to showcase her talents in such a big way. And she'll be playing Snow White, of course. And they came out and, you know, basically did the shtick of how excited they are, uh, to, to be playing these roles. And I, you know, I, Rachel Zegler is a huge fan of, of Disney. Like before West side story, I, I remember seeing her vlogs from, uh, from, uh, from Disneyland where she could just go as a normal person. So, uh, at the very least, regardless of how the movie is going to turn out, um, I, I actually, at least with her kind of like with some of the Disney legends, Disney's so important to her that I know she's taking the role of snow white, understanding how important it is as Disney's first princess and, and really trying to do the most that she can out of it. So I, I, There,
0: there are hopes with it. With uh, I'm not holding out much hope for this one whatsoever. There's been so much in the news about how they're rewriting it and downplaying the dwarfs and not calling them dwarfs. And I I think at one point they were removing the dwarfs and there the whole thing of Snow White wanting to find her enchanted prince that's being removed. Because they don't like... And I thought, okay, if you don't like this story and you don't like the original fairy tale it's based on, why are you bothering to even make it? Because everybody has expect certain expectations of what's going to be in a film, in this film. And now you're saying you're getting rid of a lot of it. So, I don't know. I think it's... I don't think it's going to do well. So...
1: It, it, it's really, it's really up in the air because, um, uh, the it, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul who did the, you know, the music for Dear Evan Hansen and, um, and Greatest Showman and all that. They're working on, uh, they're working on songs for the movie. And so just knowing that in there, I, I feel like, I feel like the movie is definitely going to be taken in a different direction than just a, a straight adaptation and not again not like what you you said in terms of the uh in terms of the last one with um why why did that movie already fall out of my head that we talked about with it i said add on this script here with a uh, um with Peter Pan and Wendy, sorry, mm-hmm. It just completely dropped out of my head. That's how much I care about that one. Um, I don't think it's gonna gonna be like a, a side story, even potential with that too. I th- I think this one's just gonna be kind of kind of really different. And so, oh
0: yeah, that's what I've heard.
1: And and I'm okay with that. Be if they don't sell it as this is our live adaptation of our classic Snow White. If they're saying this is a new take on. Snow White, not an adaptation of our previous movie. Then you know I I can at least separate the two. But
0: when yeah, you but people try it- are not going to be able to. They do say it's a reimagining of the classic tale, but I, I don't know. I, I just think again, it's another cash grab because you know they're capitalizing on the success of the original film. Yeah, so for sure, you know I, and it's. I, i'm worried it's going to be a disappointment because it's like um is it joel christopher Payne? he's a, a artist he was talking a while back and he was talking about chuck jones then he was saying the artist who you know is most famous for the looney tune characters and director of those and he once said um you have to you know when you're when you're drawing and all that, you have to get, the advice he gave him was, you have to just make sure the fairies are, are, are flying right side up. And he never understood what it meant. And then when he was at Chuck Jones's funeral, he asked, um, he asked his, Chuck Jones's daughter, what did he mean by that? And she said, when you're doing, when you're adapting something or creating a film, people have certain expectations. Like the fairies flying right side up. And if you don't meet those expectations, then, um, you're going to fail. So for the next film, for, for example, so people are going to go into this having certain expectations, whether it's what does Snow White look like, which is the controversy with the next film are going to look like, or that there's going to be seven dwarves in this, or if you don't meet certain expectations, you're going to disappoint people and the film is not going to do well. So um, because people have their notions of this is what this character looks like. This is what this character is and all that. I think that's some of the criticism for Pinocchio. Well, besides bad writing, I think this is some of the criticism for Pinocchio and some of the characters as well. People had expectations of those characters and then those expectations weren't met. So, anyway, went on a little too long about all of that, but I, I just think it, I think that 's what 's happening with some of these remakes yeah
1: it, it definitely is, and th- that 's the hard part is if Disney would have just picked a consistent formula for all of them, then we would have then fans would have known what to expect. But when you yeah. do bounce back and forth between different movies on it 's okay if we do this for this one, but we want to do something else for this one. It just, it, it does skew it. But I also, I, I'm in the camp where it's like, I, I, I feel like I analyze them enough that I don't necessarily get hung up on that stuff. At the end of the day, if it's a bad movie, it's a bad movie. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what I just kind of judge it on. And that's why I turned off Pinocchio. (laughs) Well, for
0: me, for me, the, the, Best remake they did. And I think people forget this one because I think it was one of their first ones, it was Cinderella. It was true to the story. It met expectations, but they added some things to the story. Cinderella was a much stronger character, much more independent than in the original um, Disney film. It it was beautifully done. I mean it all just came together really well. But you had certain expectations that, you know, there was going to be the fairy godmother, there was going to be this gorgeous dress, there were going to be the animals that all got transformed, and there was going to be the happy ending kind of thing. And um that but they did do their own take on it as well. So I don't know. I don't know why they can't do that kind of thing with the remakes where they stay true. They meet, they meet fan expectations for characters that have been created, but then they do their own little spin on it as well. Yeah,
1: it's, so anyway. it's, it's not again. I know we're going on this one a long time. I yeah. think it just comes down to it as great as I think, um, that Sean Bailey is for the Walt Disney studios and really tries to find interesting projects, not just with the remakes and such, but other ones. It's, it's almost like they needed a Kevin Faye for these Disney remakes, someone who's going to keep them all consistent Mm -hmm. and in a similar vein and universe. You know, you can, you can try different genres with it. You can try different things, but try to give it that, that one thread moving through. And it's not enough to just say, well, the common thread between all of them is that they're live action remakes of Disney movies. That's not enough. So it's just, yeah, yeah, they needed, they needed someone steering the ship on all of them. It's just too, they're all too different.
0: Yeah. Well, and speaking now, the final one for live action is the little mermaid. And this one has, has garnered its own controversy as well. So, um, I, I, I've seen the teaser trailer and all of that. And, um, So what were your thoughts on this one? What did they do Uh, to introduce it and stuff like that?
1: The only thing they did for this one is that uh, the director came out. Mm -hmm. Why? What the? um, That directed Mary Poppins Returns. Rob Marshall. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And Chicago and all of that. So, of course, we know he's more than competent at directing a musical. And uh, then they brought out Ariel. Ariel in this remake and uh, we got what we got to see from it. Every, we did get to see the, uh, the trailer but the difference is with it uh, everyone who watched the trailer just got to see the very snippet end of Part of Your World whereas we got to watch the entire song in its full mm-hmm. uh, length and it, she is absolutely remarkable. I will just say that. Um, I absolutely hate the look and design of the movie. There is something very disturbing about the, about, you know, the, the mermaid version. When, when she's sitting still, it's, it, it looks great. Even with like the water effect, um, it, it, it's, it's, it looks, it looks, it looks good, but, there's also the fact that she's a human and not a mermaid. So then in that song, you know, she's moving around and swimming and then it just looks like awful CGI, which is not something no. they can fix. It's just there is something off about, about people <laughs> trying to be mermaids in this way. And it was very, very off putting to me. Um, but in terms of uh, the performance, Halle Bailey, who's playing Ariel, she is out of this world. Incredible. It's singing. It's just I don't I don't care for the look. And then, like, mm-hmm. the other weird thing that really bothered me is, of course, before that song starts, you know, she's having the conversation with uh <laughs> with um Flounder, who is being played by uh, Jacob Tremblay which I think he's a great young actor, but the awkward part of it is, like, then for the fish, they're all, like, it's all realistic. So she's talking to a fish that is looks like a flounder you would see in the ocean, but is talking as a human. There's something just really bothersome. See,
0: that's what bothered me about The Lion King, you know, the live action, in quotes, about that, because... You know, the animals don't talk and sing. Yeah, you know, and, in real life. And, so.
1: and I was okay with that from the aspect of uh, you know, w- with that it was all animals. It's not like there's humans being thrown in there. But w- with this, and you know, even something like what happened with Pinocchio, it's unavoidable. There are there are animal characters with Pinocchio. They could have switched them to be humans, but this one, you can't really. You know, you can't switch a fish sidekick to all of a sudden be a human sidekick who would just drown immediately. So you had to stick with with them being fish. I don't I just wish they would have made the fish like more cartoonish and mm-hmm. it would have been a lot easier. It would have been a lot easier to like take in the situation, seeing it as closer to the cartoon. But I don't I don't know. It's I. I don't love The Little Mermaid either. It's one of my least favorite
0: Renaissance films. So I like it, but when when it's a Little Mermaid with with that part of your world, I just remember those clips we've all seen of Howard Ashman coaching Jodie Benson in the recording studio of how no, say it this way. This part is softer because remember this is this is and talking about the feelings. That, that the little, the Ariel is going through and all of that. And then with this part, now you, you, you let it out and all this stuff. And I'm worried that without Howard Ashman talking into, into, um, you know, Haley Berry's, Haley Bailey, Bailey's ear, that, um, they're going to come out more as production numbers. Now you've seen the whole thing, so I might, yes. you can, Tell me if that's how it is.
1: It is definitely more of a production, but I prefer it to Jodie Benson's version.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: I don't, I, it's just my thing with Little Mermaid. I just don't like it that much. I don't, you know, I, I like Kiss the Girl. I like Under the Sea. I don't, I don't really like a lot of the rest of the movie. Hmm. It's not, it's, to me, it was always like, I know it's what kicked off the Renaissance really in a big way, but. For me, it was, it was that first big step that they took before they got their groove with it. So it's, I've just never been, been a huge fan of it. I appreciate it for, for what it's done and, and how it changed so much. But, um, I'm, I I think that's why I'm able to be a little bit more, uh, you know, open minded in terms of how I'm seeing this one. But I, I, you know, it, it all comes down to preference. There's mm-hmm. most I think most people will still prefer the how we hear the animated songs and Jody Benson's performance, but for me, considering I don't have any real, you know, attachment to that, I I was able to listen to this and say, She freaking killed that song. Like she sang it so well in the movie. So I I'm really looking forward to seeing how the other performers doing it because like do I have questions about Melissa McCarthy singing Poor Unfortunate Souls?
0: Kind yeah, of, but that's like, a big number. That yeah. takes a big <laughs> performer to do that. And I'm not talking about size. I mean, you got to be like belting that out almost like an Ethel Merman kind of yeah. thing.
1: And huh. I, unless I'm like missing something, I know she brings that big energy to every movie she does and she is that personality i just i'll be i'll be interested to see her as a a singer in that way mm-hmm. but i'm i'm sure she has training yeah. in it too i mean it seems like everyone does nowadays oh, it's, no it, doubt. it's like you have to you have to be a yeah. triple threat if you want to be a movie star anymore
0: <laughs> yeah well let's move on to pixar so um pete doctor took the stage to talk about the animation so um he said that these, uh, you know, he talked about how these last few years have been a time of great change in the world, and it's led Pixar to think about the future, and he said, you know, like the inner Joe from Soul, he said, you know, he asks, why are we here? What's our purpose? And he said, you know, it's to tell really great animated stories, whether they're theatrical feature films, streaming series, or shorts. Telling stories is foundational to who we are as people, and they define us. And that we believe in the power of animation to capture and reflect the stories in our own lives. And I'm not, wasn't familiar with a lot of these films. So the first up, first one they talked about was Elemental, which is being released to theaters on June 16th, 2023. And, um, I have no idea what this one is about.
1: Yeah. This one is honestly, it's kind of like Zootopia, except for, Instead of animals, it's the different elements so they have like the they have the different the different sections and backgrounds of like fire water, land and air and um, it, the the story is all going to center around I don't want to call it like a Romeo and Juliet story because it's it's not that but it is that that same that same kind of, you know, two people from different backgrounds that are so brought together in a connects
0: two opposite elements. Then, of yeah, course.
1: exactly. Yeah. With, um, with fire and water. And yeah. it's, it's a very, very, uh, interesting look. And the entire time I'm just like, I am looking at it saying, yeah, kind of, it, it does have that Zootopia feel to it in that sense. And, and I got that, I, I got that vibe from it, but, uh, the overall style and aesthetic to it, because they're working with the elements and uh, with with the fire and the water, um, land and air. You know, I, Pixar has always been groundbreaking at trying to be the trying to be one step ahead of themselves in terms of designing a lot of what happens in backgrounds of their movie. And, and bringing a new texture and look to it. And so, it, to me, I think the standout part of this movie is going to be seeing how they bring even more of these characters in this world to life with, with showcasing fire, water, land, and air in that way. You know, it's, it's, it's technology and, and a style that they haven't really shown before. So, I, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily care about the plot, but, I I think the the animation on it is going to be uh is is gonna blow a lot of people away
0: potentially. Mm, good. Well they always do they always do advance, you know, the art of animation with every one of their films pretty much. So I look forward to that. The next one sounds cute to me. It has a lot of potential. Maybe because I was a teacher and a scoutmaster and all that. Win or lose, it's um I guess it's a series. Yes, a it's going Disney to be Plus on series. Disney Plus, and it's about a week in the life of like a middle school baseball team. I think. Yes,
1: and all from different perspectives. So uh, the, it's they're honestly, I think they kind of tried to like act like it was a brand new way to tell a story, but it's basically the same exact um, thing that they did with that uh, show on Apple TV. Earlier in the year, uh, I'm, I'm, everything's falling out of my mind in terms of shows and movies. But basically, uh, all the different characters—they're gonna, we're gonna see the the story told from their side. So you know, if a, if a character's shy and timid you know, they're gonna see the world as is, you know, kind of scary and and off putting in, in the way it's all happening. And uh, you know, if they're brave, we're gonna see like a hero's story to it. And I'm not I'm not quoting exactly what's going to happen, but that's the that's the type of um the style that they're going. So each each episode takes place over this, this same story that we're seeing it's just we get a different stylistic approach to each episode and we will still see all the cast of characters but it's going to be from from one specific one and uh will forte from saturday night live he's Mm -hmm. uh he's the one of the lead voices on it and you know they he he sent in a little clip saying that he was sorry that he he couldn't be there for it. But uh, I, I think this is going to be a very entertaining show. And I'm, it's gonna I'm keep looking people forward engaged. to this.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think so. It sounds great the way you described it there. Next one, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's um,
1: Elio? That's what I remember it being as, yes. Okay.
0: And I don't know, it's about an 11-year-old boy who's just sort of trying to fit in, which every eleven year old boy I guess is trying to do that. So what but his mom runs a top secret military project.
1: Yeah, and he becomes a one of the first points of contact with aliens and becomes like he's now this this human ambassador to Earth as he's coming of age in his own way if that makes any sense. So, uh, yeah. it's, it's, a and I, I don't remember from the panel. I'm not sure if this is like true reality in his world or if this is him, you know, building this in his head, but yeah, he's, he's going to, he's going to come of age as he's dealing with these aliens and put in that position. So I, it could sounds, be cute.
0: <laughs> sounds like there's a lot of, uh, potential for mayhem and oh, hilarity mayhem
1: galore and <laughs> hilarity galore i you know this obviously has promise because the director of this is adrian molina who was one of the co-directors on coco and you know has mm. has had his hand in pixar for for many many years so there's i i think there's potential with it but as anything good with pixar you know they all they could do was was really tease and not not get us too invested in what's to come with it. But uh, America Ferrera from uh, from Superstore is one of the voices in it, and she was out there with uh, the the young boy who's playing Elio, and uh, they they definitely you know they're voice actors, so they're not working together, but they had this great rapport with each other. So I, I think. I think it's probably going to be a heartwarming story where the boy learns to be the person he's going to be, but during hijinks. (laughs)
2: Oh,
0: good, good. And then, of course, there has to be a sequel, and that is Inside Out 2. Yes, and the context for people who don't really
1: remember uh, back to when this was all happening, it was like a day before Expo or the day before... uh, Day or two before, I'm not. I don't really quite remember anymore. But uh, there was a lot of hubbub online because uh, the the news was breaking that there would be an Inside Out too, but they could not get uh, several of the voices from the original back because of pay disputes on it. Hmm. Oh, I had heard all that. It was yeah. It was uh, Bill Hader, Mindy Kaling, of course, with uh, with disgust and fear. And I, I am not sure if it involved any of the other, uh, any of the other, uh, emotions in there, but yeah, there, there was issues leading up to it. And so then this was the big announcement that it was happening and Amy Poehler was there to, to announce it, but they kind of like left it at that, except they did say, you know, there's going to be new friends that we didn't make the first time around and new elements. So they kind of like half hinted towards like, yeah, it's going to be different from the first one, but you know what? That's people have more emotions than just those five core emotions. So I'm, I'm optimistic that they can continue telling that story in a bigger way. Cause it's, it's so still have, one of my favorite Pixar movies.
0: And, and there's still, and it's funny cause I'm not as keen on this particular film, the inside out, the original, so I assume Riley is older yes, so correct. do we know how old she is? Is she high school, college about to get married? they
1: I think she's teenager now. I don't think she's in oh, okay. college yet. she's just teenager because in the first one, she's moving at like 11 or 12 years old. So now she's, I believe she's going to be like full, full blown teenager.
0: Oh, there could be a whole lot more emotions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In the head of the teenager. Yeah. (laughs) You got that right. Okay. Well, hope for the best with that one. So that was it. That was it for Pete Doctor. And then, um, the head of Walt Disney Animations chief creative officer, Jennifer Lee, um, came out to talk about, uh, Basically, the plans for what the the year-long 100th anniversary celebration, uh, because, of course, it's Walt well, Disney Animation that started it all. And it's funny, there didn't seem to be a whole heck of a lot. There was Zootopia Plus, or Zootopia series on Disney Plus. And so I guess what we're... Is it the same characters and more just... Is it more adventures? Are we going into more... Areas of Zootopia that we didn't visit before.
1: It's um going to just uh, focus on smaller uh, breakout characters in the uh, in the show. Like I I know there's going to be at least an episode on um on the I I. Don't, I don't really like Zootopia that much, so I don't really know a lot of the names. I know Flash, but I know like Flash has an episode where Flash is out to dinner with his wife and, uh, there's an episode focusing on the, the big, um, the tiger that is obsessed with the gazelle singer. Uh, there's going to be like a Godfather-like episode with the, the little rodent that thinks he's the godfather um it's stuff but also from different um from different uh, again styles in that way like the the one with like the godfather rodent that's going to be done from like a, a real housewives type of way if i remember correctly and uh kind of so they're they're gonna do different tropes with each of the stories, but with the characters within the movie, so I, I think there's, um, I, I, I think it actually might be a little bit more entertaining than the movie <laughs> overall, um, okay. just because it's, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like what I don't like about Zootopia is, is the main plot line, but I do love all the little breakout characters that you get to meet along the way. And so giving them a chance to shine in their own little episodes it could be good.
0: Okay. That sounds good. Now, the next one, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it. It's a long-form series that they're going to do for Disney+. Plus. Is it Uwaju?
1: If I remember correctly, yeah. It was, it was okay. something very close to that, Uwaju. And uh, basically, it is a series that um, it kind of – Came up in a, a very, uh, <laughs> very weird way. Um, it's, it's a Walt Disney animation property, but it's being completely worked out with, uh, with an African studio called Kugali. And, uh, it was a ca- collaboration, uh, from, from what I remember, basically, uh, Kugali kind of, kind of like taunted Disney in a way in terms of you know, in terms of how Disney movies are and and kind of was prepping themselves up a little bit and and I don't, don't want to say they were talking crap against Disney, but they kinda <laughs> were. So the Disney response was, Well let's work together on something. And so that's how they ended up being able to collaborate together on on this show that'll come out. And um it's going to just kind of take a look into uh into the future of uh, a city in Nigeria and you know, really focus on the different issues from the the apparently the way Nigeria is set up, it's kind of like there's a if I remember correctly, there's a river that runs through it and there's the kind of the, the rich side that is more metropolis and city, and then there's the side that struggles a lot more. And that's what this this show is going to also emphasize on, but again, in in a more futuristic style way. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, you know, I I genuinely don't know how to feel about it, but it it got my interest.
0: So is the animation sort of a bit cutting edge? Uh, rather well, than traditional Disney animation.
1: It is it is different. I believe the animation isn't even being done in-house at Disney. It is being uh done by a uh, uh, another animation company. So it's it's a lot bigger. And if I remember correctly, it might even be like it might be Sony that they're working with on it too. Hmm. So okay. it's a it, but the animation has it has a Disney-ish look to it is what i'll say it's uh, some of the some of the screens i've seen of it um that like they showed the characters it's like yeah it feels disney but at the same time it also feels like it feels like they i don't want to say a knockoff of disney but it, it feels like they tried to tweak the mold so it isn't just straight what we see from frozen tangled and in that style that they've been relying on so much as of lately
0: okay well that'll be interesting to see Okay, the next one is Strange World, and I saw a clip for this, and I thought, this is sort of what Lightyear should have been. like. It had interesting creatures, and it looked adventurous, and a lot of high-speed stuff, and all of that, and I have no idea what it's about, but it looked like it was fun, and it's coming out in November.
1: Yes, it is, and uh, I I think it will be a lot of fun so uh this was another one where we got a lot of the the cast out on stage for it uh jake gyllenhaal is playing the 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 main lead in it and uh dennis quaid is playing his estranged father um who it's like it it is a it's a family picture and uh the character that jake gyllenhaal is playing searcher is is out on a mission with with his family and then also like lucy lou's a character and it of course alan tudyk has to have a voice in it as well uh but uh it's you know they're they're not doing well in the strange world and then uh you know luckily for them uh the father figure that's been estranged strange shows up and saves the day. So then you have the whole play out of like, this is your dad. This is, this is who you've been with all the time. So it, it's, it looks really pretty. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of humor to it. We, we got to watch an extended clip of this one and uh, see, see one of the more action adventure scenes to it. And, I I would agree with what you said about Lightyear that they're uh, they're they're definitely I think I think they're gonna do a lot of things in this movie that should have been done in that one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I like the backgrounds that I saw in that one too. And then finally, um, the, there's the film Wish, and it's uh, um, I, I, I guess what is this their princess film? For the yes. year or okay kind well kind of so disney
1: wishes their 2023 this is the the movie that um that will you know this is the the big movie of the 100th anniversary of the walt disney company and ah. the uh, the lead character is being played by ariana debose and um and she's being, uh, she's playing Princess Asha, and we got to hear, uh, her sing the, the big song from it, which I would love to be able to share with the world more. But, um, unfortunately, Disney placed a copyright claim of it on YouTube <laughs> for the video that I had of it. So, uh, they're, they're, they're holding the song back. Um, it, basically, she's got a goat sidekick who is your standard, you know, speechless goat but then ends up being able to talk and of course that's being played by Alan Tudyk because he is no. okay. he uh, they are now recognizing him officially as the uh as the um John Ratzenberger of Disney uh alan tudyk is the the good luck charm so he'll be in everything from now on with it so he's going to be playing the goat sidekick to the princess and um you know they they meet an an actual
0: wishing star well i'm looking forward to that it sounds good is it a musical he said there was a song yes it will be a musical okay her so sword. I don't,
1: I I can't remember who they said is doing the music. It wasn't a name that I was uh, familiar with, but uh, Chris Buck is one of the directors on it. So there's you know there, there's there's promise behind it, but I I I didn't necessarily. I, I thought Ariana DeBose did a fantastic job singing the song from the movie, but I didn't. There wasn't anything about it that blew me away in terms of if this is supposed this doesn't this doesn't necessarily feel like this big giant movie for your 100th anniversary like you Mm -hmm. think it does but we'll we'll have to wait and see i mean they have they still have a long time (laughs) to to finish making it because it doesn't come out until thanksgiving next year
0: yeah well something to look forward to and that was it I don't know. We only we got through one day. (laughs) It took us two hours. Should we should we end it here?
1: We should probably end it here. Yeah, I'm I'm about to lose my voice too, and I'm (laughs) and I don't have any pre-existing
0: illnesses. (laughs) Oh well, well you did a great job. Thanks for taking the lead on that on that panel. But now it's time for this week in Disney history. Right. Well, Craig, since you did a lot of talking in this last one, so should I go first here? Absolutely. Okay. Mine, mine is brief, too. It's October 9th, 1956. On this day, Walt Disney wrote a letter to the future. It was to be placed in a time capsule. So he wrote this in his office at, at, at the at Walt Disney Studio. And it was supposed to be a prediction of... Of entertainment in world 50 years from now. And he wrote that he believed that the world will be overturned by technology. So it's been more than 50 years since he wrote that, Craig, but how, how accurate do you think his predictions been? Well, kind of. Yeah. 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 I think, I think so. I think he's certainly on the right track. Yeah. yeah I always thought, I don't know if we're going to survive social media. So, but um, but we certainly, <laughs> no, but, but certainly, technology has um, changed things, whether it's for the better or for the worse, is debatable. But I think that was uh, had a lot of foresight. Yeah, it's.
1: I, I, I yeah, I, <laughs> I agree, but I'm. I don't know. I'm. Lately, I've been going through a thing where I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying to stay off of technology more and more, so I think I'm downplaying it a little bit.
0: (laughs) Okay. Alrighty. So what do you have?
1: Well, mine comes from a day later uh, in 1952 on October 10th. That's when uh, we got the release of the absolutely incredible short Trick or Treat. And Mm. uh, this is... You know, in terms of if I'm watching one short during the Halloween season, it's absolutely this one. You know, it's it's got Huey, Dewey, Louie in it, uh it, you know, teaming up with Hazel after Donald Duck is not nice to them, which he is kind of a terrible uncle when you think about it. He's he is. Doing- he was mean to them. Yeah. It's, he, he was very mean to them and a lot of shorts. I just, not, not the best, not the best guy, but, uh, I, I just love this short so much. Uh, Trick or Treat is an incredible song that came out of it, of course, and it's part of the fireworks show right now, uh, that they do at Mickey's Not So Scary. Uh, Halloween party, and it's just, it, it, for me, it's the one that I absolutely have to watch. You know, there's, it's between that, Lonesome Ghosts, um, and then Skeleton Dance. Like, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's your perfect Halloween trio with Disney. And you keep, keep going on and on, adding more and more. Oh, yeah. But,
0: Ichabod and, well, and the adventures of, um, Ichabod yeah. Crane. Yeah, definitely. Yep.
1: Yeah, but so. it's, it's a good one. 1952. Mm-hmm. So, wow. That's, uh, that's the, Seventieth anniversary this year.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Shock. Right. Where's the merchandise for
0: it? <laughs> that's true because it's on Disney Plus. You think they'd have something? So anyway, well, I have started in on watching my um, slew of Halloween films. So I did watch Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus Two. So you haven't watched Hocus Pocus Two yet, have you?
1: No, I was just. Way, way too busy over mm-hmm. the weekend with Epcot's 40th anniversary, and and uh, just so many <laughs> going back to Epcot the second day in a row to take in more of the Beacons of Magic for the 40th anniversary, and can't even tell you what I was doing on Friday night anymore. Don't don't remember, can't recall. <laughs> That's where my brain's at at this this point, and. In my life, but yeah, we didn't didn't get a chance to watch it, so we'll, we'll watch it this weekend.
0: Good. Yeah. Well, let me know what you think. So, um, and you have to stay to the end because there is a final. There's a post credits scene. Is which it,
1: can I just ask? Is it setting up another sequel?
0: It is. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, I, so, I will stay uh, through it. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, but the one thing that I, it was interesting is how short, cause I watched them back to back, um, how short the ending credits are for the original film compared to how long the closing credits are for the remake. It is amazing how much longer closing credits are for modern films.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> even back in the nineties, there was still, you know, it was, there was still a lot of stuff that they would, would leave off, but I mean, at least with the first Hocus Pocus, uh, definitely you don't have as much visual effects in there. And I, I haven't, again, I haven't watched the new one, but I can already guarantee, you know, just seeing them fly on brooms, that stuff was, er, I can't say fly on brooms because so far all I've seen are, you know, Roombas and other random things that they're flying on. So that, that stuff's all CGI now. And, mm-hmm. So with with that, you need to list every single artist from every single VFX company that worked on it. I mean, it's it is it. Everyone deserves to have their name on it if they had a hand in the movies. That's the sad part of watching older movies, knowing that there's people who worked on it that that never got their their credit for it, besides themselves <laughs> knowing. But yeah, it, it does get yeah. Actors didn't get credit. Yeah, very, very hey, true, unless you were a principal that,
0: person. I know that from personal experience. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. Well, I will sit Never. through it all, or I will mm-hmm. fast forward, just not fast forward. I'll speed it up. So I'll
0: watch I think it, double speed. It, does give, it does give you an option to skip through credits. I didn't do it because I like listening to the music. Yeah. But, um, I, I, anyway. I
1: still sit through every credits in every movie I go see.
0: Unless, mm-hmm. like,
1: I have to really run to the bathroom. In so case do I. I will.
0: So do I. So, and another one I watched does have a Disney connection. We've talked about this in some of our Halloween episodes. I watched 1963's The Haunting with mm, stars nice. Julie Harris. That is such a good film. Not the remake that I think was in the nineties. And, um, then there was the mini series from a couple years ago, The Haunting of Hill House, which really has nothing to do with the original books so that they use, reuse some names and there's a house. But, um, the 1963's The Haunting is good. It's such a psychological scary movie, but, um, the Imagineers used, they watched this film and got inspiration for some of the effects that are in The Haunted Mansion. So you have to watch this film and see okay what what inspiration did they get also for some of the design ideas they got yeah. from this film as well So but no, it's so good sure. and I'm reading I'm rereading the book the Shirley Jackson book that this is based on the haunting of Hill House that I read it like every other Halloween so I'm reading it now Yeah
1: I read it last Halloween so I'm taking yeah. a, a break this year and yeah. picking
0: up another spooky book That's what I do, too. So anyway, so so that's what I'm. So I'm well on my way to. um, You're better off than me.
1: Halloween films. I don't think I've watched a single Halloween movie, believe it or not. Behind you're almost a week into the season. Yeah, it's uh, we're it's one of those things where we're kind of fighting it. Like I still will go to Halloween Horror Nights more throughout the Halloween season. Uh, We finally got to do our Halloween party and do the full full version of Halloween uh, here at Walt Disney World. But now we're like, we kind of both want to just move on to Christmas. Uh, oh, just because, well, with... <laughs> consider normally when we would decorate would be right in the first two weeks of november and uh, that's right in kylie's uh timeline of when when we're expecting the baby to come and so we're like
2: mm-hmm.
1: we would rather have our christmas decorations up than get too bogged down with a child and not be able to put them up so we're kind of getting in a christmas mindset but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We we might do a blend where it's a little Halloween and a little Christmas, and it just it could be
0: a nightmare before Christmas theme this year for New York House. Yeah, we
1: we've we've got we've got some <laughs> decorations, so we we can definitely make it work interior wise. But our HOA will yell at us if we
0: leave some of the Halloween stuff out. They're <laughs> they're that strict. <laughs> so. uh, we don't have an HOA. They all resigned the first year. so that was the end of them (laughs) so we don't have to worry about it so okay well craig until next time how can our listeners connect with you Uh, as
1: always you can find me on the different shows that i'm on you can find me on facebook twitter and instagram at teleclaster and you can find me on uh email not on it but you can email me craig at disneyinfo.com what about you michael
0: you can send me messages at Michael at Disneyinfo.com. On Twitter I'm at MBowling121, Facebook michaelbowling-connectingwithwalk. Dash Connecting with Instagram at Michael The and you can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at Connecting if you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes on the link Craig includes in our show notes or at DisneylandPlug.com. And look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora, and Amazon podcasts, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings when possible.